Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. Governor Parson on the show, I believe it was on Thursday, he just um, made his fifth statewide appointment because people keep leaving for other jobs. He appointed um, uh, Andrew Bailey as the new attorney general a few weeks ago, and we had the new treasurer that was appointed last week as well. And we're going to have Andrew Bailey on the show tomorrow, the new AG, of course, taking over for Eric Schmidt, who is now in the United States Senate. He also, I think, today announced that he's running for attorney general. This was an appointment he'll run in 2024. Will Scharf is one of the other names out there who is declared to run as AG. And I think we got Will coming up here on the show relatively soon as well. I reached out to George Gray from The Price is Right this weekend because they have like a, a Price is Right Wednesday primetime show. And George is quite fond of cars. And I text him and I said, Price is right at night, primetime. Hell yeah, that's going to buy you some more cars. I think he may have confirmed that. But we do a little thing here called The Price is Wrong. And George is going to join us on Wednesday afternoon for that. I saw a story last week about um, socialism. This kind of comes on the heels of the other survey that we talked about around the holidays, where only 16% of Gen Z said that they actually love this country, which seems extremely low to me and really sad if it is true. But Issues and Insights did a poll that finds that a majority of Americans think that the U.S. is headed toward socialism, which I think, sadly, we are probably headed towards socialism. Terry Jones, who's the editor of Issues and Insights, is with us this afternoon on 97.1 FM Talk. Hey, Terry, how are you? Welcome back. I'm doing fine. Thank you, Mark, for having me. I mean, this is one of those polls, like if I was given this survey, I might have to say, yes, I think we're slipping into socialism. Not that I want us to slip into socialism, but just as an observation, because that's where we're heading. Is that sort of what we're hearing here from the people who took this poll or are these people who want socialism? Yeah, we, we actually we took the poll immediately after uh, the, the signing of the one point. Seven, one point eight trillion, whichever you you go by, yeah. spending bill, uh, and we just wanted we just wanted to ask Americans because we noticed that spending as a share of GDP is getting uh, larger and larger and larger. More and more of our uh, dollars earned and made 
and produced uh, by the private economy go to the government. So we were asking people, uh, do you think we're headed towards a, a kind of socialism? And and the, the, the answer was resounding, 51% to 31%, and even a plurality of Democrats agreed, yeah, we're that's where we're going. So the, the follow-up question, or one of the follow-up questions is interesting as well. You asked, I am willing to pay higher taxes to support more social programs. How did that turn out? Yeah, no, nobody wants to spend more <laughs> money on social programs. For one thing, it's 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 very clear. I mean, if you're if you're paying any attention at all, it's very clear that most of the social programs we spend vast amounts of money on do not work, do not do the job they. Uh, proposed to do. We have the same social ills now, in fact, more uh, than we did 15, 20, 30 years ago. Uh, All the trends were down for decades, and now suddenly they're up again, and we're spending more than ever. So anyone who thinks that spending more money cures these social ills is, is frankly wrong. I love the the breakdown, though, the the way it breaks down on the the question of whether or not you want to pay higher taxes. For Democrats, 52 percent say they'd be willing to pay higher taxes. Thirty nine percent say they wouldn't. Republicans, 16 percent say they'd pay more taxes for higher social spending. Seventy eight said that they wouldn't. I I think that's pretty clear. I'd certainly be in the 78 percent that say I wouldn't. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And and, uh, you know, the the the, illogical follow up question eventually will be, uh, uh, you know, what programs would you like to see uh, eliminated? What programs do you think don't do the job? Uh, But you could also ask a a component question, uh, what parts of the government should, should, should we get rid of? You know, what, what things aren't working, what things, in your opinion, should go? And uh, we'll probably be, be focusing on that at some point very you know, soon. Terry, you've been doing this for a long time. I've been doing radio for a long time, talking about spending. One of the reasons I'm a conservative is because I am a fiscal conservative, and it's frustrating because the amount of spending just doesn't go down no matter who is in the White House or who has control of the House and the Senate. And this big government federal bureaucracy behemoth has gotten so big you know, every once in a while during a campaign, someone will suggest, let's get rid of the Department of Education. And then the left says, how can you get rid of education? Well, the point of that is, and I'm not suggesting that this is what we should do or that it would happen, but I bring it up from this perspective. There are responsibilities that the federal government has constitutionally, like the defense of this country. And then there are responsibilities, oh, maybe nearly everything the federal government has taken on yeah. for, you know, 200 years that they really yeah. shouldn't be focusing in on. But we've gotten yeah. so Big, there's no way to dial this back in, is there? No, there really isn't, it, uh, other than abolishing the education department. And I, I would remind people, you know, I went to school in the 60s and 70s, uh, you know, elementary school through, through college. We did not have an education department back then. Right. There was no education department at all. And everybody did just fine. Test scores were higher. People were more literate, more numerate, uh, did much better in, in college and did much better getting out of college as well. And so, you know, you, you'd have to argue very hard to convince me that we need an education department at all. It does nothing. It's just another big Oh, my God. In fact, I think, I think we would both agree, Terry, that it makes things worse in this yeah. country. And that was your right. See, I had no idea. This is a great point of reference. It was October of 1979, the yeah. year that I moved here to St. Louis, right around uh, November 1979. We didn't have a Department of Education until then. Yeah. 
And if there's one thing I could I could fault uh, the late sainted Ronald Reagan for, is that he had a chance to kill that off right when it was getting started and didn't. He should have, even though uh, you know I, I I think William Bennett was a, a great guy and all that. Uh, it, it was the you know the little homunculus that grew into a giant, and uh, is now uh, it, it's yes I agree with you it has a negative impact on education it, it, it has become a, a uh, an impediment to change and reform, genuine reform and basically an adjunct of the teachers unions. But now you have big government going into all kinds of areas, including, and I know that in your piece, you you, um, you cited the gas, the big gas stove debate, which I love the fact that a lot of people on the left keep denying that this was ever a thing. And some people on the left keep sending things out that indicate how hor- horrible gas stoves potentially can be. But, you know, they want to get into every particular area of your life. Clearly, the left oh, yeah. wants to do this. And the problem now is they're having success at this, Terry. For a while, I didn't think they were having a lot of success. It seems now that they're having more success, which is a little frightening. Yes. Uh, well, and, and, and part of it is because, uh, you know, the, the new ideology is uh, let's all sing from the same hymnal. So you get, you, get uh, you know, the media all lined up, and you get uh, the politicians all lined up, and they're all saying the same things, and people start thinking, well, yeah, maybe that's right. You know, maybe... You know, maybe uh, climate change is a catastrophe uh, in in process, and maybe uh, you know, maybe we should get rid of uh, all of our stoves. and And they don't think about you know that there are always consequences for things. You know, uh, you know the one of the wisest things that uh, the great Tom Sowell uh, has said is 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 not uh, you know whether we should do something or we shouldn't do something but at what cost what at what cost is it done what what would it what would doing something like getting rid of uh, gas stoves uh cost us in the long run and what you find out is it it would it would be a nightmare well you know i I, yeah i'd go in the other direction i I would say and this is what never gets discussed but i i'd say let's get a gas stove for everyone and would the planet be better off if people in honduras in india my brother-in-law goes to india on business i was just talking to him yesterday during breakfast and he was talking about the level of you know poverty that exists with what 1.4 billion people same thing in china so let's say we had the ability to give people carbon-based energy so they could heat their homes and have water and all of these things i think the planet would be better off not worse off Absolutely. Uh, people would be healthier. Their food would be better prepared and less likely to poison them. Uh, they, they would probably be able to uh, take warm showers once in a while and, and uh, stave off, uh, you know, dreaded skin diseases and diseases of dirt and filth. I mean, yes, it would have overwhelming benefits. These are things that wealthy people have, you know, access to uh, gas-powered, uh, uh, you know, stoves and ovens and electric electricity that that you know makes your refrigerator run and uh, a car that starts up and doesn't have to be uh, plugged into a, a questionable yeah, all those uh, absolutely yeah, it, yeah these are things that 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 make us richer not poorer and i think all people if you ask them do you want to be richer or poorer no person no sensible person is going to say, I want to be poorer. You're going to all say, I, I want to be richer. And You know, did you ever – this came up recently, and I didn't even mention this earlier. That I watched um, the first season of The White Lotus. I wrapped that last week. Did you ever see that? It was a much 
Ballyhooed show, I think it's a little overpraised, but there was a line from Steve Zahn, who's one of the main characters in that, and he's having dinner with his family, and there's these social issues that come up, and one of the characters who's on vacation with them, you know, is is not too fond of the privilege that the family has, and one of his lines is, no, nobody ever cedes privilege, right? Nobody ever gives that back. That's that's not what we do, and it's not even realistic to, to no. consider that. And this was all, I thought, really appropriately handled with... Um, Kissing speech last week at the Oxford Union. I guess the speech actually took place a couple of weeks ago. But did you see how that kind of took off virally? Constantine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah was that was that was a that was a big deal, and that was it was so it was so beautifully phrased by him because uh, it it wasn't uh, you know he, he didn't do it angrily. He because he's a comedian, he had some humor yeah, in it, and, yeah. and was was able to disarm his his audience. And I thought it was just brilliant. It was absolutely uh, really? brilliant. He did a great job. Yeah. Terry Jones from Issues and Insights, great to have you on this topic. It's a little depressing considering where people are and where their heads are on socialism, but unfortunately it's kind of where we are right now with government in this country. Thank you, Terry. I appreciate it. Thank you, Mark. Nice hearing from you again. 519-971 FM Talk. Let me get to a couple things here before we have the um, Senate Pro Tem Caleb Rowden weighing in from Columbia. I started off with the uh, the story this afternoon of the white supremacist who now is responsible for killing 11 people in Monterey Park, California. Small problem with the white supremacy, you know, narrative. Uh, it was an Asian dude who who did that, unfortunately. And one of the things that and I had not heard about this yet, but I guess, Sue, is it your understanding, and maybe, maybe I just didn't hear this correctly, he goes to the, the Lele Ballroom and Studio in Alhambra, California on Saturday, and um, this is after he went to the other location where he killed people. So he went to a second club. Did you know that? I did not know that. Okay, this is where it gets a little confusing. So this audio I have here is from a guy who encounters him when, and he was on Good Morning America, when he's about to shoot up this other place. This is in the aftermath of what happened originally. I turned around and saw that there was an Asian man holding a gun. My first thoughts was, I was gonna die here. This was it. Didn't seem like he was here for any money. He wasn't here to rob us. When he was uh, looking around the room, it seemed like he was looking for targets people to harm. So this was mm. 20 minutes after he went to the other location and killed um, now it's 11 people because there were 10 people that were killed 10 wounded but now the death toll is at 11. So Brandon Say is this guy's name and listen to what he says. When I got the courage I, I lunged at him with both my hands grabbed the weapon and we had a struggle. We struggled into the lobby trying to get this gun away from each other he was hitting me across the face, bashing the back of my head. I, I, I was trying to use my elbows to separate the gun away from him, creating some distance. Finally, at one point, I was able to pull the gun away from him, shove him aside, create some distance, point the gun at him, intimidate him, shout at him and say, get the hell out of here. I'll shoot. Get away. Go. And at this point, I thought he would run away, but he, he was just standing there contemplating whether to fight or to run away. I really thought I would have to shoot him if he came at me. This is when he turned around and walked out the door, jogged back to his van. I immediately called police with the gun still in my hand. Now, keep in mind that he had no idea at the time that this had all happened at the location near Monterey Park. And, you know, he, he 
realizes that eventually what happened with the shooter, I never like to use their names, is he goes off and then police find him uh, about 30 miles southwest of Monterey Park. When they pull up, they hear a gunshot and he, you know, he shoots himself and, and he's dead, which I think in the end is a good thing. I wish he hadn't taken 11 other lives, but mm. that is a really, really crazy story. Could have been a potential audio cut of the Dan. Didn't pick it because I have a, a pretty good one here this afternoon. These are also potential audio cuts of the day. And I have not gotten to this. There were more reports again over the weekend about confidential documents in a home of Joe Biden. So the White House press corps, which has all of a sudden gotten very interested in asking questions. Usually it's Peter Ducey's the only one right. has gotten very curious with this um, press secretary, KJP. You have said, though, from this podium many, many times over the last two weeks that this president takes the handling of classified material very seriously. And yet we continue to learn about more documents being found and discovered at his home including now some that go back decades to his time in the Senate. So why should the American people believe that this president takes classified material seriously? Yeah, one of the other stories over the weekend was that, yes, yeah, some of these things went back to when he was not even he vice in president. The Senate. When he was in the Senate. Handling of it. Look, the president, the American people heard from the president directly on this when he was asked by your colleagues at least twice now about um about how he sees this process. And he was very clear with with the response of what we're currently seeing. And he says, I take this very seriously. He said, I didn't know uh, that the documents were there. Um, And look, I think as it relates to the American people and the president standing with the American people, uh, it is going to be uh, up to them to decide uh, how they see uh, this president. All right, so she's not really answering any questions. (laughs) She's just sort of spinning there, which that's what she's paid for, I suppose. uh, but they weren't letting her off the hook completely. You have been the one messaging that he takes this seriously. You have also been saying over yep. and over again that you are cooperating fully yep. with this investigation. That, that hasn't changed, Mary. But given that, why then did it take several searches and the FBI coming in to <laughs> uncover the full extent of the documents? That I understand your question. I've, I've said many times, the president has said many times, he takes this very seriously. You've heard directly from him. You just said that his team is cooperating fully. And just want to add, you know, and you heard from his team that the FBI was invited into uh, the president's home. I'm not going to go beyond that. That is that was in the statement that was released on Saturday. Again, these are questions uh, that should that have been answered to our you know that have been answered from here. That has been answered for my colleagues. Well, I don't know about that. There's still a lot of questions that they're not answering right now. So Ducey gets up there. Then uh, President Biden is still intending to run for re-election in 2024, right? Uh, I'll just repeat what the president said after the midterm election, which is he intends to run. I'm going to be very careful from here, as you know, uh, because we are covered by the Hatch Act, and I'm not going to speak further to his process. All right, so they're not supposed to talk about campaign stuff, you know, when they're in the White House press room, which is what she's saying there. Is there a precedent for people running for president after FBI agents search their sock drawer? She she didn't quite hear the question right, so she asked for a clarification. So it gave Ducey the opportunity to say this twice. Say that one more time. Say that beginning it, part. Is there a precedent for people running for president after? FBI it sounds like you. It sounds like you already know that that the answer to that question. Look, here's what I, I don't here's know the answer to no. that question. Here's, 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 here's the eye search of a president's residence is a big big deal. Here's what the president's going to focus on. He's going to focus on continuing to deliver for the American people. That's his focus. That's what. 
what he focuses on every day. That's what he's been focusing on the last two years. And nothing is going to change that. You know, poor KJP. Ron, Ron Klain is out as White House Chief of Staff. I don't know if you heard that over the weekend. I mean, that, that's typically something that happens. That's a it's a heavy burnout position. He's been in there for a couple of years. Sure, so sure. it's not like, you know, people are asking, well, is this what's driving him to resign? It wouldn't surprise me if it had nothing to do with it, just because you do have turnover in those positions. You have turnover in this position as well. And you have to imagine that, you know, she's... She couldn't handle a real press. Well, yeah. I mean, it's so odd to hear what should be a normal-sounding press conference with multiple people asking questions, and instead of one Peter Ducey asking all the questions that have any bite to well, it. Well, right. It is interesting now because for the longest time, you only had Ducey. He didn't give up there either, though. The House Oversight Committee chairman says this document situation has all the makings of a potential cover-up. Is President Biden involved in a cover-up? We have been very clear here from this administration. The president has been very clear that um, he takes this very seriously when it comes to the, when it comes to classified information, when it comes to classified documents, and that his team has been um, has been fully cooperative uh, with this legal matter. Anything else, Peter? And this is, and I'm, I'm going to be very serious. You asked me She's kind of a question clear. that everybody laughed at, which was interesting question to ask. But any other, uh, any other underlying questions that you may have, I would refer you to my colleagues, the White House Counsel. I'm going to continue to be prudent. I'm going to be continue to be consistent and refer you uh, to any questions you have there. <laughs> yes, right. KJP. She didn't like the sock drawer questions, so <laughs> she had to go off on that. Uh, it is encouraging that the rest of the White House press corps is actually asking yes. questions at this point. But what in the end is it going to mean? I mean, the Democrats are almost going to cheer this on because they see a path for getting Biden out of the way for 2024. Although, does that leave us with the vice president? See, yeah. oh. Oh. oh my goodness. All right. Caleb Robin, the Senate pro tem. The drag show in Columbia, a lot of controversy last week. He weighs in next. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. So I mentioned I went to the uh, Mizzou game on Saturday at Mizzou Arena against Alabama. You know, are you familiar with the Golden Girls? You know, the, uh, no, the I'm dance not. Tru- it's not, you know, Estelle Getty and the gang. It's the Golden Girls are like, it's not the cheerleaders. It's the, the dance squad, if you will. That's what they call no, them, the Golden Girls. I don't well, know. Well, they didn't have those on Saturday. They just did a drag show in the middle of um, Mizzou Arena during halftime. I don't oh, know if you heard about okay. that. Yeah, uh-uh. They just thought that was the thing to do in Columbia. But I say this because we had a controversy last week. There's an investigation now into students who saw a drag show at a diversity celebration, which was supposed to be about... MLK. We talked about this on the roundtable on Friday. Uh, State Senate Leader Caleb Routon of Columbia is with us this afternoon. He's the Senate pro tem, and he tweeted about this because he was getting some calls on Friday. Senator, how are you this afternoon? Doing good. Good to be with you. So let's just kind of start from the beginning. What happened here, and when, when did you start hearing about it? Yeah, so they have uh, this Columbia Valley Diversity Breakfast has been something that's been going on for for. I don't know, 40 years probably, uh, long before I ever got into politics. I've actually gone in the past and sponsored tables, et cetera. Um, they had their uh, event this year, um, and I probably started getting calls uh, early in the afternoon uh, that that uh, that there was this uh, drag show that happened uh, toward the end and that there were some kids there, et cetera. And so we started doing some digging and, and um, you know, Came came to find out that it's a it's a city sponsored event, but clearly there was uh, some uh, communication between the city and the schools. There was a consent form that was very very vague that parents had to sign, uh, and so we it was it was middle of the day uh, on uh, Friday, I guess it was, uh, and then we it really started kind of hitting after that. We we had dozens of calls uh, to our office here in, in Jefferson City, so um, that's when we kind of started talking about, you know, kind of next steps and, and what we needed to do as the senator from that area. You know, one of the things, we, we discussed this on the roundtable on Friday that I do, and um, my colleague and friend Jane Duker was on the panel, and John Gaskin, both Democrats, and they said, look, their, their reaction is when they saw your tweet is, Caleb Rodden doesn't really, you know, shoot from the hip like this. If he's tweeting this out, that it's serious, and there are reactions. And in fact, there were a lot of harsh reactions, right? Yeah, no, I'm I'm usually not the I, I I mean for lack of a better term I'm usually not the social warrior. I don't I don't I'm not the first guy to scream about that, those sorts of things. I I do think um this was and you know, look, I I have no opinion of drag shows. I've never gone to one. I don't really care. They're not my thing, but you know, I'm not using using the force of law to out, outlaw them or anything. I do think that you know, you have uh, a situation here where uh, somehow throughout the course of the planning process uh, and the decision to bring kids, uh, and and one specific instance that we're aware of, where uh, there was a mom who who um, filled out the consent form, thinking that she was, you know, uh, sending her kid to a MLK diversity event, and her kid is non-verbal autistic uh, little boy, and so you know, having to explain those things on the back end, uh, she was obviously very distraught, very upset. So you know, for me, it is it's less about. 
um, <laughs> the the drag show, right? That is what it is. If a bunch of adults uh, in a room want to watch uh, some folks in drag, it's it's none of my business. I don't care. I wasn't there. Um, but I do think the the reality with the the the, the kids being there and and the un, un there no no ability for them to to have any sort of say in whether or not they wanted to be a part of this. I think it's a failure of leadership at the school level. We have a meeting with the superintendent and others on Thursday. Uh, I'm going to hear their their side of the story, and then we're we're going to figure out what's next. So, yeah, that was my follow-up question. So you got a meeting. You requested that meeting. You're going to sit down with them. Look, we have the I have Andrew Bailey, who's the new attorney general, coming on tomorrow, and I guess he'll talk about this. But he says that this is an inappropriate sexual performance in the form of a drag show, and maybe that there is child endangerment issues here. That might take it. For me, that might take it a little bit too far, but what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, there was a story that came out uh, just, just a few minutes ago that I was quoted in that talks about a G-rated, you know, show. I, I, I don't know. I'm not I, – I don't even know how to make distinctions between what a G-rated and an R-rated drag show is, so I'm not going to try <laughs> right, to. Right, exactly. Um, but, you know, for me, it, it just goes back to the kids, right, and and them having – and their parents having the ability to, to know what's going on. You know, I think we, we got banged on over the weekend on online because, well, there's more important things to talk about at the state level. Look, we're, we're capable of talking about multiple things at once, right? This is not, uh, this is a part of, uh, you know, just a broader discussion for me that is uh, about parents having transparency and accountability with what's going on with their kids in public education. I didn't think it was going to take this turn, um, but I do think the same kind of general rule applies relative to curriculum and, you know, kids' ability to get out of a failing district, et cetera. So it's just a part of a broader theme. It's the reason why, you know, generally speaking, public education is as, as unpopular as it's ever been, really, frankly, in the history of our society, um, just because you're seeing these very weird left turns uh, that have no basis and no business being a part of, of educating our K-12 kids. So, you know, we'll stick up for the parents when we have to, and, uh, you know, we're not going to shoot from the hip. We're not going to do dumb stuff that, that – uh, danger endangers our ability to get the big stuff done, but we're also not going to turn a blind eye while um, you know schools are are doing dumb things. State Senate Pro Tem Caleb Rodden, who is in the Columbia area, while well, I got you here, let's just talk about the session overall. I had the governor on, I believe, it was on Thursday. He had a state of the state address on Wednesday. What'd you like that was in that speech? What would you have liked to have heard? Anything? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Obviously, we've got a, a, a lot of money. Uh, I think the the focus on I-70, the focus on infrastructure is, is something that, um, you know, is going to be uh, received warmly here, and we may try to improve on that. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we don't want to start a bunch of new programs and grow government with these one-time funds, But but, you know, we also – uh, our, our picture proof that uh, you can be a fiscally conservative state, that you can cut taxes, our individual income tax, by the time our cuts are done, are going to be is going to be, um, you know, a quarter down from where it was a decade ago. Uh, we, we you can cut taxes and still uh, be fiscally sound and still have money to invest in things that matter. So I think that's a, a success story. You know, I, I'd, I'd always love to hear more about education reform. Uh, he had some stuff in there about education I thought was good. Um, but, you know, I do think the time is right for us just to continue to, to push as hard as humanly possible, given the variables that we were just talking about, to just 
do everything we can to give parents more choices and, and give kids a, a chance to have an education that isn't contingent upon their bank account, their parents' bank account. You probably know this, Senator, in, in St. Louis here, we've had a lot of coverage over, particularly last session, about the dysfunction amongst Republicans. It really was never about Democrats. There aren't a lot of them in the legislature, but the dysfunction in particular on the Senate side amongst Democrats. But that's settled down quite a bit, hasn't it, this this uh, session, or at least potentially? It, yeah, we're starting on a good path. I think you know the the. I think nobody nobody enjoyed last year. Um, you know, and that that map uh, ended up being uh, you know just an umbrella that was was hard to get out from underneath. Um, but uh, you know, I think we're starting from a better place. There's a, a new group of folks here. I think the the seven new Republicans that are that are that came in. Uh, some came over from the House. Some of them are, are just new to the legislature. But all conservative, all want to get along. They want to, you know, accomplish big things. And so I think, you know, we've kind of come together under the idea, let's, let's just do big stuff. Let's do things that matter. These are my last two years. And, and, you know, I'm thinking about kind of how you leave a legacy and certainly, you know, some of these infrastructure investments, if you can rebuild I-70 and 7063 for folks who live in the mid-Missouri, those are big things that matter in the long term. But there's also some huge conservative things out there that I think our group is pretty united around, um, you know, finding ways to get those things done. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have days where we don't like each other, I'm sure. We'll have days where we fight a little bit, but I think it's going to look a lot different than uh, it did last year. On the education front, what in particular would you like to see? And, uh, you know, we got a lot of issues related to critical race theory and some of the gender nonsense out there, but those are very difficult areas to legislate around, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, you can't, you know, just to say we're going to ban CRT and K-12 education really, frankly, does very little in the grand scheme of things because, the way that kind of mindset is being is being taught uh, is kind of just ingrained in, in everything, as opposed to something that's on a piece of paper, you know, some theory that's happening in, in fifth grade. That's obviously not happening. But um, you know, I do think the it, it goes to the greater uh, kind of message and narrative, which is um, you know, parents should have more say and more uh, accountability to understand what their kids are. Uh, experiencing what they're being taught in in their schools, and if they don't like that, um, then there should be some recourse. There yeah. should be some ability for them to move on and do something else, whether it's open enrollment in another um, traditional public or going to a charter or something like that. I mean, the, the final goal for me is um, that that a parent would have uh, any amount the amount of money that they needed, you know, to send their kid to any school that made sense for them. I mean, it, it, I, I I think the only way this thing actually works is. Um, just a, a, a wide open process where, com- where competition matters and where, you know, the best schools get the best kids. And, um, you know, you, 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 a rising tide lifts all boats as, as opposed to what the traditional public model with the, the teachers unions is, which is just to keep everybody kind of tamped down so nobody looks bad. Senator Rowden, thank you so much. Do, um, do me a favor. Try to keep Nick Shore and Mary Elizabeth in order. You know, they're troublemakers here in the St. Louis area. So I know you have them in your chamber now. Been done. <laughs> All right. Hey, Caleb, thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Nice work. Yep. Senator Caleb Rowden in uh, Columbia. Let me read you. Brian, I'm sorry, Andrew Bailey is going to come on. I almost said Brian because I was looking at the letter here that he <laughs> writes to Brian Yearwood is the guy who's the superintendent of the Columbia Public Schools. I guess in theory, my son's boss since he works in Columbia yeah. Public Schools. Yeah, that sounds right. Dear Dr. Yearwood. 
I'm committed to ensuring that our school system is educating, not indoctrinating children, and that parents have a say in the process. As such, along with thousands of parents in our state, I'm deeply troubled by reports that you have used the authority of your office to actively undermine Missouri's laws by deliberately subjecting a group of middle school children to an adult-themed drag show performance. It appears that the performance in question was planned and hosted by the city of Columbia. There's also evidence that Columbia Public Schools intentionally concealed the sexual nature of the presentation to which they invited middle schoolers that they actively discouraged parents from attending. Um, he says Missouri law continues or con- contains a long list of statutes specifically written to protect the safety and innocence of our state's children. Your actions this week violated the spirit, if not the letter of these statutes. We'll talk with Andrew about that tomorrow. But look, the mayor, Barbara Buffalo, is the mayor of uh, Columbia, and she's defended this. She says the city felt it was important and appropriate to showcase members of the city's LGBTQIA plus community during a celebration about diversity. She said the hate crimes against the drag community are committed in other communities. The city wanted to reaffirm that Columbia is a community that supports all, which I think is fine. Columbia can do that as a community. The difference is, should the school district be doing that without the parents knowing? That's really the only issue. I like the tone that Senator Rodden was taking because this is not the biggest issue on the planet, right? but you do have some answers that I think deserving of the parents here that they they need to hear. So we'll see what kind of things are said in that meeting on Thursday. Audio Cut of the Day is coming up. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. You know who uh, Harry Carey was, right? Of course. Of course you do. Anyone in St. Louis probably knows who Harry Carey was or if you were in Chicago. Harry Carey had a grandson that went to school with me, Chip Carey, Parkway West, class of 1983. Chip Carey, isn't he for the Cubs right now? No. no. Chip Carey was with the Cubs for a long time. Then he went to work with his dad, Skip Carey. See the theme here? Skip oh. Carey's down in Atlanta. Chip Carey's been down in Atlanta. Nuh-uh. The reports this afternoon <gasps> is that he is coming back to take no the gig. Way. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. The beat writer for, I think the Post might have this too. I thought I was going to scoop them, but the beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution is reporting that this is done, that he is leaving the uh, the Braves for the Cardinals. His name, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I tossed it out there the first day too because he was a natural person to think of because of the St. Louis connections. Well, However, yeah. I'm surprised because that's a Atlanta's a big market. The Braves are a big team. This must have been relatively lucrative That's for terrific. Chip. So we'll see what happens. I, you know, I gotta. I just have to, to because I always make it about myself, right? So I mean, just well, keeping sure. with. I, I knew him really pretty well when we were in high school. It wasn't like we hung out or anything, but you know, you, you go to school with people, and I was interested in broadcasting. I started at this little station that the YMCA had that was right up from Parkway West. I don't even remember 
you know, Chip at that time really being super interested in broadcasting. So I'm not going to make the case. We weren't like super tight or anything like that. But, but years, you knew who he was. Yeah, years went by, and then I can't remember if he was with the Cubs or if he was with Atlanta at the time. Um, I was up in... It might have been the Cubs because I think this was County Stadium. This was even before Miller Park was around. And I, he just big-timed me completely. Now, could it be a situation where he just doesn't remember me? Yes. Could, could be because, you know, you always have different recollections of people. I knew him and remembered his name because everybody knew his grandfather okay, hello, and his dad, Chip right? Yeah. Now, I didn't realize they he grew up in St. Louis. I had yeah. no idea that happened. Yeah. I'll be darned. Which is why I think we're going to find out a little bit more about that here if this story is true. Wow, that's really interesting. Let's see what it's... I'm kind of... I mean, this was a job that was probably very, very well sought after, right? I mean, I can't Uh, imagine... The Post has it, too. Let's see what they say, because I was going to the Journal of Constitution. It says, could replace Dan McLaughlin. Um, Could there be another carry? Carrying on the family tradition on the Cardinals broadcast, sources said Monday that Chip Carey, grandson of legendary Cardinals announcer Harry Carey, and part of the unparalleled broadcasting family tree, is a prime candidate to replace Dan McLaughlin. Um, oh, well, this would kind of... I guess there's another guy, Aaron Goldsmith, with Seattle that has withdrawn his name. He went to Principia. I'll be I don't darned. know who that guy is. Um, Goldsmith's 39. Chip Carey is my age, 57. The person hired will work for Bally Sports. Yeah, it's not really telling us anything here. Um, yeah, it I'm says, reading it. The all- son of Skip Carey, who worked in St. Louis at KMOX, I don't remember that at all, for which his duties included broadcasting games of the NBA Hawks. That must have been Skip. I'm sorry. They're not talking about yeah. Chip. So Skip did that. Right. He went with them when they moved to Atlanta in 68. That makes more sense. Became a popular figure. Chip, like his dad and grandfather, grew up in St. Louis. He was born in 1965. He moved with his family to Atlanta in 68. His parents divorced. He moved back to St. Louis. Chip graduated okay. from Parkway West in 1983. So he stayed with along Mom. Along with Mark Reardon. That's what it says. It yeah. says along okay. with Mark Reardon, the guy he big-timed in Milwaukee in you know, 2002 <laughs> or something like that. At least that. you're not bitter. He's a damn good broadcaster. You know, so Well, he would have to be, yeah, if, right? So I, I think Chip's really good, and if that's the choice, I think it's uh, definitely a good one. Um, but that's a that's a big big move from Atlanta wow. to St. Louis. So very very interesting. Let's do this here this afternoon. Playback ready. Now the audio cut of the day. Well, I had a lot of good ones that I could have gone with, and we played some of that audio earlier. But here we go once again with one of our popular figures on audio cut of the day, um, along with I guess we'd say you know. Senator Kennedy down there in Louisiana, KJP and Peter Ducey, and then Bill Maher, where he says things that make sense and he rejects all the woke nonsense on his side. Most of these people who are making the argument we're making are liberal people who think it's a great thing that in America now anybody can actually be whatever they want. And of course, trans is a real thing, rare, but real, but rare. That part seems to be, we all seem to have to pretend that we're born, I don't know, jump ball. I don't know. And there are parents, and I've seen it in South Carolina even, where they're bragging about their children at four or five or six transitioning. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They haven't let the natural uh, process happen. And I think the Biden administration is all in on that. Well, he's right. The only thing that I would take issue with Bill Maher on, he says trans is rare. Oh, no, 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 no. Have you not followed the news? 90% of the kids out there in schools are trans these days, at least. Have a great night. We'll talk tomorrow at 3. Get more at 971talk.com. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.